This is the Chi Chat Podcast with, with Chiquita Searle. It is great to be with you today. I am Chiquita Searle and this is Chi Chat. So as always, I like to start with a quick update on my week and I'm actually very excited because I have a highlight to share with you. I do not know if you're aware of this, but I actually have my own line of eyewear. And this week I got my first stockist for my blue light eyewear range, which was incredibly exciting, a huge milestone. And I want to do a big shout out to Igor from Vayner Optical in Balaclava for his support and for stocking the full range. So I'm now on the hunt for other stockists so customers can try before they buy. Uh, So if you have a favorite fashion boutique or optometrist, that's a mouthful, optometrist, let me know and I'll reach out to them. And as always, I like to give you a brief update on my love life. Relations with Hot Daddy heating up quite literally as he did manage to get heat stroke this week, but he still rallied for our third date on Tuesday. So what a man. But enough about me. I am incredibly excited to introduce our guest for today. It is none other than Carla Bonner, also known as Stephanie Scully from Neighbours, who will be joining us in the studio today for a candid chat about life in the spotlight, leaving the role she held for two decades, and what life has been like since she hung up her Stephanie Scully biker jacket. So as always, I like to provide you with a little bit of context about how we met. So I was in an event held by the League of Extraordinary Women and Carla was one of the panellists. So coincidentally, my mother's favourite show is Neighbours and we grew up watching it religiously. So I knew exactly who Carla was. And even now, if my mother is out at night and not near the TV at 6.30pm, she still tapes it. So I decided that Carla would love to know this little tidbit of information and I costed her after the event to share it and get a selfie of the two of us for my mother. So Carla was incredibly gracious about being non-consensually accosted and my mother was thrilled with the selfie and we have since stayed in touch. So Carla was the first person I actually invited on the show when I got the green light and I'm so pleased we've been able to make today happen. Welcome Carla. Hey Chief. Thanks so much for having me. Now, thank you for being here today. I know that you did trip across the Yarra to get here. (laughs) That is a big ask of anyone. I do appreciate it. So uh, with my guests, I always like to start in chronological order. So we always start with your childhood. So you're a Melbourne girl born and bred. Tell me about your childhood and what you were like as a little girl. Oh, I was such a gorgeous little girl, <laughs> by all accounts. Um, I was a little doll. My my mom and my my nan would make my clothes and and dress me like change me five times a day so that I could wear everything they bought me. Uh, I mean, they made me. Um, and I was also a little drama queen, believe it or not. <gasps> Shock horror! Oh, oh my gosh! And uh, I used to love to perform. Mm-hmm. Whoever came over had to sit, you know, at the um, at, in the in the theatre. And um, and then uh, I would perform, and so were you a triple threat? Were you a singer, dancer, and actor? I was. Oh, I was. I'm so jealous. I'm not anymore. <laughs> <laughs> I always wanted to be a triple threat, but the only thing I could do was dance. Sadly. Yeah. Well. Yeah, well. You know, I've got a very sad story about that. Actually, I was. Oh. I was singing one day. I was doing a, a duet with a friend, and it was Bonnie Tyler, Total Eclipse of the Heart. Oh, choice. And, uh, I looked to my mum and she looked to her friend and laughed (laughs) and I died and I um, actually shut down because I thought that she was laughing at At me, me. not with me. You know, now being all grown up and stuff, I know that she was – because I do it with my boys. It's like, oh, my God. God, I think you're gorgeous. gorgeous. So I totally misread that, but uh, that's all right. You're a child. You do it the 
you take the information in and we all take everything personally, let's be honest. Yeah, that's right. I but, mean, you know, we're doing we're doing the healing work nowadays. <laughs> so you were a dramatic dramatic student because I was just oh, a dramatic child. I was going to ask what kind of student were you because I can't actually imagine you in school. So in high school were you <laughs> studious, were you mischief maker, were you sporty, were you creative, were you queen of the drama club? Was there a drama club? That's very American. Mm, yeah, no, there was theatre group. Oh, theatre group. My apologies. <laughs> Look, I was very. Um, I was a self starter. I mm-hmm. was. Um, I I was great at school um, and until high school, and then it wasn't. I wasn't that great. But what happened in high school? Ah, uh, boys. <gasps> that and, is a um, a rabbit hole. Yeah, that's right. So I left the horses and went to the boys, and <laughs> I'm back with the horses. <laughs> It all goes 360, doesn't it? It does. It really does. Yeah. So we all know and love you, obviously, as Stephanie Scully, Scully, Ramsey Street's favourite biker chick. So what many of us may not realise is that before taking on this mammoth role, you actually had another more important role to step into. So you became a mother at 18, giving birth to your first son, Harley, in 1991. So we're going back a little way now. So can you tell us, you actually got pregnant in the last year of high school, correct? (laughs) I did. So... Can you tell us what it was like to discover at 18? Because I'm sure you had big plans, big dreams and big aspirations. And then all of a sudden, boom. Yeah, yeah. Well, I also, you know, I I loved my boyfriend and... and, uh, (laughs) The love of your life. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Um, And so, yeah, I was in my last year of school and, 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 and look... Yes, I actually slipped into it really well because I was always a very maternal child. I worked in childcare. I was also, um, oh, actually, I worked in childcare because that part of school I was expelled for. But anyway, that's another story. From getting pregnant? No. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> no, that was before I fell Were pregnant. Were you at an all Catholic girl school? Or? No, no, I wasn't. But uh, some might call me a troublemaker. But no. Oh, you know, Carlo, um, I would never have guessed. <laughs> so where were you expelled from? Um, from Fitzroy Fitzroy High School, North. Was it? What was it called? Yeah, Fitzroy High. Um, what mischief were you getting up to? Well, they tried to tell me that I was too intelligent to be with the school because most so of the students there were trying to learn English. Oh, so you're expelled for being too intelligent? Yeah, apparently. I've not heard that before. <laughs> me either. So, so then, but what they happens? stuck with it. Okay. Um. So then I uh, I went off and I worked for the rest of that year and then I went, oh, school's, I mean, work sucks. I'm going back to school. So mm-hmm. I went back to school and then fell pregnant. <laughs> and that was not part of the plan. It wasn't part of the plan. I had big dreams and mm-hmm. aspirations of going to uni. And, yep. and, um, and what did, were you going to study at uni? I was going to study drama, acting. Acting. So yeah, it was yeah, always, yeah. acting was always a career path for you? It was. It really was. I needed an, an outlet. But from 10 years old, I, I knew, younger, but at 10 years old, I used to sit with the yellow pages and uh, look through for casting agents. And so then I would just call them and say, can I have an audition? Yo, what up? Yo. <laughs> uh, was the only th- was the only way I knew how mm. to achieve my dream, right? Yes. So one day, one amazing casting agent, Dynaman, um, she actually said, yes, come across. So I jumped on a train. I had lived in Rosanna at the time. I so jumped. how old were you? I was 10. 10. Maybe I was maybe 11. But I jumped on two trains mm-hmm. and made my way across this side of town to Elstonwick 
and uh, had my audition with Dinah and that's where it all began. It was amazing, but I was very, I was driven. Yeah. That's what I'm doing. So then what happened then? You found that you were pregnant and where to from there? I mean, was was it always a choice? Yes, I'm definitely going to have this baby. I'm definitely going to keep him. I'm definitely, I'll just put my aspirations on the back burner. It I'll was, come back to them. It was very much that. It was, um, yeah, I'm having this baby and everything will be put to the side Mm -hmm. for a few years I just need to integrate this child into this life and you know set them up a bit and then I can get on with it so you joined Neighbours then when um you were only well when Harley was just three no Harley was because you joined when you oh so how old were you because I thought um that you joined when you were 21 so three years after no I joined I joined the cast at 26 Ah. Jai was 18 oh, months. Okay, okay. So I've confused your two boys. Okay, great. Yes. Excellent. <laughs> so Harley was seven, well established yes. in the world. Yes. He was uh, at school by then. He was at school. And then we had my little baby Jai who was 18 months old. So, you know, it just became life as they both knew it, but at least Harles had had me for a few years prior. Yes. Well, I want to actually um, delve into how difficult it was at such a young age because still, when you are in mid twenties, you're still relatively young. You've now got two young boys. How how difficult was it to juggle becoming a full time actor with motherhood? Well, it was essential that I had a really tight support network um, because it would be impossible to do that job without it. Mm-hmm. So, um, family rallied around. They were amazing. My mum came to my rescue. She dropped her job and just came for me and became my full time nanny. The boy's dad was amazing and uh, really stepped in and stepped up. Everyone really stepped up to the plate for me because I guess everybody knew well, how. It takes a village, doesn't it? Well, it does. And you had been working towards it for such a long time. I've been this working was your big break. my entire life, yeah. yeah. So it was, um, yeah, it was incredible support. And uh, yeah, it was, it, yeah, just couldn't have done it without them. This is Chi Chat with, with Chiquita Searle. So we are back with our guest, Carla Bonner, who is taking us behind the curtain of what it was like to play Stephanie Scully on Neighbours for two decades. So thank you, Carla, again for being here with us. It's my pleasure. So I just want to ask what the casting process was like for Neighbours, um, because we actually have had a listener message in and ask um, how Jan Russ spotted you. And Jan <laughs> Russ, because I just had to ask you, who is Jan Russ? And share, can you share what it was like during the casting process and how you became Stephanie Scully. Sure. Well, Jan Russ is a fabulous woman, let me start by saying, who um, discovered everyone from Kylie to this woman named Carla Bonner. It's amazing. <laughs> I, I think I've heard of her. Yeah, yeah. She's pretty cool. So Jan Russ, yes. So I'd been for a few roles on the show, didn't get them. And then one day I was on my way to uh, a play date with my little one who was like 18 months old. And I just had new headshots done. And so just this, 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 I guess, intuition saying, take your, I was on the road heading to my cousin's for a play date. And the voice said, take your headshots to your agent first. So I'm like, oh, okay. So I detoured and I went across the city. I walked in and um, walked into my agent's office and she was on the phone and she turned around and said, her, her her, her mouth dropped and she said, Carla Bonner has just walked through the door. She got off the phone. She said, Jan Russ wants to see you immediately. Oh, my gosh. Because it's almost like God. Has- yeah, Jan Russ calls. You're like, oh. You run. You know, oh, yeah, absolutely. So um, You hustle, baby. <laughs> so then what happened? So we flew across. We, you know, Me and my little man, we, um, we went across and saw Jan. I walked in. She just took the baby from me and, and was more into him, threw a script at me and said, mm-hmm. Cold read. Cold, cold read that the yeah. best you can. Mm-hmm. 
So I did. And um, next day I got a call to say come into the studio and uh, do an audition with the sisters, the Screen sisters. Mm-hmm. And then the third day I got a so call. So the Scully sisters? The Scully sisters. So who were they? They were Was that Holly Valance? Ho- Holly Valance. Valance. And, and Kate Kelty. Kate Kelty. Great. And so they'd already been cast? They'd already been cast. Mm-hmm. And actually what had happened was they'd cast the entire family and they'd shot with them for six weeks <gasps> when the, the character of Steph, the woman who played Steph, said, I can't do this. Oh, really? She, she pulled, pulled out. out. So it wasn't yours out. initially? wasn't mine initially. Oh, my so gosh. The luck. No, well, that's right. So on the third day I got the call to say... You got the gig, mm-hmm. come in. So I went back in. They handed me a pile of scripts. So we're on radio. Let's say, how big is that? That's like, Okay, you know, so Carla is separating her hands and there's quite a few scripts. Let's, say about, let's say about 30 centimetres, 45 yeah. centimetres, right? a lot like 40. A, a, yeah, maybe 42. <laughs> a, a pile, right, of scripts and a schedule that uh, you need a degree to understand. But, you know, anyway, they said to me... Um, Go home. Um, what was it? You you start. You've got nineteen scenes starting tomorrow. Because <gasps> what happened was they they'd shot with this Steph, and because she pulled out, I had to step in and reshoot everything they'd already shot Lordy. to get the family back up to scratch yes. with the schedule. Right. So lordy, lordy. Yeah. So um, here's the pressure. Here's yeah. Here's the scripts. Uh, here's the schedule for tomorrow. You start at six a.m. Develop the character of Steph by then. So were you up literally all night? You know, I had, because I'd been into acting my whole life, I had, I'd, you know, I don't know if it was because of that or just gifted, I had a photographic memory. Really? And so I hit the ground running. I got in there the next day. I had 19 scenes every single day for six weeks. Oh, my Lord. Hit the ground running. And so on a typical day, what, how many scenes would you have if you... A normal, well, you know, when you're in day. normal shooting, mm. oh, look, it can it, you can have one scene in one a day. One scene. Yeah. But no, so 19 is a lot, though. 19 it's a lot. is basically every scene of the day that you shoot. Yeah. Okay, because they were playing catch-up, essentially, for that They character. were playing catch-up for six weeks. So, Carla, do you remember your first day on set? Were you nervous going oh, in was... there, knowing that everyone else had been together for six weeks and you were sort of, you know... Look, I'd, I'd actually met them... I'd met them the day before, and so I felt really comfortable with the mm-hmm. family straight away. Yeah. And and it was all it all happened so quickly. I don't think I had time to be nervous. Actually, in fact, I've got a story about the nerves. When I was going for the the second audition, the callback with the sisters, I was really nervous. And so I did this thing, and I actually teach my students this too. It's like you know, you just pack your put your nerves in a bag, and I left the nerves in the bag at the front gate. So a visualization. Is it a visual? Yeah, do you call yeah. it a visualization? Yeah, it is essentially. Yeah, and uh, and then go in and do. You know, these people don't know me. They don't know who I am. They don't know. You know, I could be anyone. So go in there and then um, come back out. Pick your nerves up if you need to. If you feel you still need them, <laughs> and get on with your life. So, who were you most excited about meeting from the neighbors cast when you joined? Oh, I have to say, it was probably Harold. Harold, <laughs> Harold, is he still on there? No, he's not. Did his character die, or did he go no. missing again? No, he hasn't gone missing again. Um, Harold just went off around Australia, I believe. I think he found in it in real life or mm. in the show. In the show, <laughs> well, I think that is plausible. Well, I think both he and Lou and the show. Yeah, and I think he and Lou Carpenter are hanging out in Northern Queensland. Or something oh, like Lou! That. Oh, <laughs> Lou, that rascal! Oh my gosh, these are such blasts from the past. I haven't watched it in so many years, but my mum updates me. Oh yeah, bless yeah. her. Yeah. Uh, so I guess um, people often believe that um, being in the acting industry is one of glamour and prestige. When often being on set for up to fourteen hours a day can be anything but. So, can you take us through the daily minutiae of what it was like working on the set of a TV show? Mm. 
So yes, I mean, you know, yes, a lot of people do think it's glamorous. Everyone thinks it's glamorous, and and you know, in a lot of regards, it is. But it's not without blood, sweat, and tears. Um, you know, it's it's even that thing of you need to be almost dead to not go to work. Mm. Like, if oh, you're really? not feel- so even if you're sick, even if you're sick, there's no way you can call in sick. You, it, it, it always worked better if you rocked up, sat in the makeup chair, and you were white and pasty and, and you sweating, like death and then up. they can shape, they can yeah. you know, send you home again, just and put you on a drip and get you out. That's right, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But the thing is, like, there's a whole schedule, there's a whole other cast that needs mm. to be rearranged if you're going to take the day off. So it really needs to be honest. So what time do you have to rock up for hair and makeup? It all, it's always different. So okay. that was the beauty of it. Every day was different, and so like the earliest you'd rock up would be five forty-five. Um, depending, like, you know, sometimes I, I remember there was some time that I arrived at, you know, 4.30 on location somewhere, but that was rare. So in studio, you know, it was always around 5.45, 6 o'clock. Um, so is it Monday to Friday you're on set? Correct, yes. I mean, the, it's changed over the years, the way that they shoot, and then they've tried another way and then, you know, come back to the old way because that way didn't work. And, you know, so it was, you know, some days we would have been in studio. Mondays would have been only uh, um, rehearsals and then Tuesday was location and studio and then Wednesday was rehearsal, location and studio. Thursday would be studio, Friday would be Okay, so always it's, different. it's always different. Mm-hmm. Um so what what else happened on set? So you'd go in, your hair and makeup, you'd shoot for hours. Well, you'd have hours, lunch catered. I mean, yeah, what are the yeah. perks? Tell us the perks. The perks. The perks would be like you know um, the events that you'd go you'd get to go to. Mm-hmm. Like you know, for me, it's I'm a bit of a humanitarian, so it was always about you know I loved doing the Christmas parties for disadvantaged kids and mm-hmm. stuff like that. It was really. It was it was a real honour to be able to bring such joy to people's lives and to be able to change people's lives with a smile, to be able to make someone's day just by smiling. Like or that. even just taking a photo. Absolutely. Because I think you made my mum's day the day that <laughs> I costed you for that selfie. But I also started getting very on early in the piece, which showed me I was very much like Australia's big sister or something. It's yeah. like cuddles on the street. People yeah. just want cuddles. And they still do. Really? <laughs> still Is that uncomfortable for you? No. Nah. Do you don't mind being touched by strangers? No. Nah. I mean, I do, yes, but if if they've come and they've asked me mm. for a hug, I mean, it, it's generally you know the younger girls and yeah. and women and stuff. It's yeah, I don't just hand them out to guys <laughs> everywhere. <laughs> so playing someone else for twenty year, twenty years, were there any times the lines got a bit blurred between who Carla and Stephanie are? Oh, because I've always wondered that because the method acting is literally. There are some actors out there, they take on the role, that role for the period of well, the time they're playing it. So they do, how do you separate <laughs> the two? Take a method acting for 20 years would be a bit over the top. But mm. no, I mean, it I would guess... be committed. Well, be yeah, it would be committed, but it would also be crazy because you don't do method acting for <laughs> yeah. television, really. It's just like, nah. Um, what was your question? <laughs> so were there, any, were there any times that the lines got blurred between Carla and Stephanie? Oh, just like the lines got blurred now. Um, look, yeah. I, really, I really discovered when... I'd left the show mm. um, that I knew Steph more than I knew Carla. Yeah. So it was and, – and That must be disconcerting, that realisation. It, it, it was a bit. And then um, also more disconcerting to actually realise how much I'd defined myself by this role. And, um, but, you know, I, I, I didn't know what I didn't know. And, and so it became about a journey of discovery into Carla, who's Carla, that um, I really – yeah – I'm like, oh, she's cool. Is this? <laughs> we I like, like her. her. I think I'm going to live with her for a bit. <laughs> so, obviously, being in the public eye can have its challenges because you were in the public eye for 
over two decades. Mm-hmm. And um, how do you deal with people who don't know you forming their own opinions and judgments based on what they read about you in the media? Was that a challenge for you at any point? No. Look, you know, Aussies are a bit too cool for school, right? So there'd be so many people. So often you'd get people going, I don't watch the show. And you'd be like, okay, that's cool. But who's your character? What, who do you play? And, I'm, and it was like, well, is there any point in even telling you anything? Because it's not going to mean anything anyway, you know? So, yeah, it was that cool, that cool demeanor from people. It's like, well, yeah, okay. I'll just go somewhere. I mean, you, you go where you're appreciated, right? Mm. You give no attention or energy to those that just feel that it's it's up to them to put you in your place somehow. <laughs> well, yeah, and I think um, potentially that's tall poppy syndrome. I think that totally. that's rife in Australia, and I don't think we've been – because, you know, growing up, we're always heard you don't want to be too big for your boots and no one likes to show off and things like that. We're mm-hmm. taught to be humble and not to self-promote. So mm-hmm. I think um, when someone is successful, some can cannot embrace it. But hopefully our culture is changing over time. So hopefully in the future, that's not the case. Um, and I certainly enjoyed watching you, Carla. And my mum still does, <laughs> as does my dad, who has no choice. Don't t- hey, Chi, don't tell your mum I'm not on there anymore then, will you? Oh, no, I won't mention a word. <laughs> <laughs> so I want to talk about Harley because yeah. Harley actually joined you on the cast of Neighbours. Um, he's since left, obviously, to pursue other opportunities. But what was it like to work on set with your son every day? Was it ever a concern for you that he wanted to follow your footsteps into acting? So I'll start by saying that I actually joined Harley on the show because when Harley got the show was when I had stepped away. Ah, and very so, nice. Yeah, he got it totally on his own merits. Well done, Harley. Yeah, well done, Harley. He was amazing. Um I was in Sydney doing another show mm-hmm. and Hal's got the gig. And um, so then, yeah, when I came back, they, you know, they said, okay, look, we're going to do one scene for the for the fans, mm. all right? One Steph and Josh scene for the fans, placate <laughs> them, get it done, and that's it. Well, the response was so huge that they decided that it was probably a good idea to make Steph and Josh friends. But initially, like that whole thing of looking at my son, looking into his eyes, that's my baby right there, and and, and acting like complete strangers. Like that was really, that was surreal. So can you just, because uh, obviously I haven't seen it for a while. So I know your role on the, what was Harley's role? Harley played um, Josh. Josh Willis. Willis. Um, one of the... Yeah. I remember Doug and Pam Willis. Yes. I mean, we're so going he back was, a few years now. Yes, but so he's a grandchild of Doug and oh, Pam. Oh, fabulous. Yeah, yeah. So the Willis clan lives on. Correct. Okay, excellent. This is the Chi Chat Podcast. So we are in studio with our guests today, Carla Bonner, who we all know and love as Stephanie Scully from Neighbours. She has been shining a light on what it's like being an actor and living with a public profile for the majority of her adult life. So, Carla, we have had a question uh, coming from a listener so I do want to um, ask you the question so are you ready I'm ready perfect okay (laughs) (laughs) I think (laughs) (laughs) all right here it is did you see or hear any inappropriate behavior in the tv industry Okay, I'm really sorry, all right? I was really inappropriate. No, I'm joking. <laughs> <laughs> yes, it was me. It was me. It was me. Look, you know, I mean, oh, gosh, people are so PC these days. It's just hard to – look, there was playfulness and there was a whole lot of stuff that – no, okay? In a word, nothing um, nothing inappropriate. Um Things were said that you know it wasn't it, it wasn't necessarily in a sexual nature, but there was a, a lot of things that were damaging that were said. Um that then, you know, you've got to go off and do 
a whole lot of inner work to to heal, you mm, know. But of um, course, no. Look, it, 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 we were a very tight group, mm. um, and uh, you know, it was a, it was a family type situation when I was there for a very long time. So you know, nothing was really taken seriously. So I just want to touch on body image for a moment because when I watched you growing up, I always used to think, oh, my God, you look so fit. And I used to really envy your arms in particular. <laughs> so I just loved your arms. I just remember this is something that stuck with me. And I did body image ever become an issue for you while acting? Oh, my gosh. I think all my body image issues came in with acting. So, um Yes, yes, very much so because, you know, this is, I mean, it's a whole new world that you're thrust into and it's all about how you look. And I was told when I first got the job, you know, you've got the job based on how you look. Now you've got to prove you can act. Ouch. Yeah. And, you know, neighbours and home and away, they were renowned for getting people models and stuff in Mm. the, you know, not that I was a model, but, you know, anyway, so um, I earned my stripes, Yes, I think. Well, being there for two decades, I think at some point you've picked up a few skills right. along the way. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, body image, um, yes, because then your comparison queen sneaks in as well. And so I did find myself comparing myself and self-loathing. And mm. yeah, look, it brought up a whole lot of stuff that was suppressed. Mm. And um, it just it just has a tendency to grow anything that's in there hiding um, this kind of position, um, having this sort of profile, and you know it um, it does exacerbate the beast. So did did you then? I mean, body image issues one thing, and then mental health issues another thing. Did you ever sort of experience any mental health issues such as anxiety or depression or panic attacks during during your time? Um, look, not so much um, panic attacks or anxiety, but certainly depression, certainly. You know that the 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 flow. You know, like it's we're up and down as humans. Mm. Different things, different days, different feelings, different emotions. Um, um, you know, hormones, um, moon cycles. So many things that come in play into it. And if you're not aware of what's going on around you and what's going on planetary, and and you have you you're not really aware of yourself. You haven't. Mm. You know, um, you're not that self aware. Then it really messes with you. Really, yeah. I'm going to take you on a little quick segue. Um, I didn't know this, but during my research for today, I did discover <laughs> that you had authored a book for men on how to date women called Hook, Line, and Sinker. How did you segue there? I, <laughs> I know. I just made a segue up. <laughs> I created a segue, Carla, to f- feed my own narrative. Um, and I just wanted to say, have we invited you on the wrong segment? Should we have got? Should you be a dating coach now on unhin- the Unhinged Unhinged segment? Oh, well, you know, like I probably wouldn't take the book and say, yes, you'd be a dating coach based on the book. But based on my knowledge now, all my knowledge, my life experience and wisdom. Yeah, for sure. Look, get me back on that segment. Okay, well, we can. We can do that. So, because um, I haven't actually had anyone specifically for men yet, and your mm-hmm. book is all about men. So, mm-hmm. it's how to date women as mm-hmm. a man. So, I just loved the title, Hook, Line, and Sinker. Did you yeah. come up with that yourself? I didn't. Oh. One of my wonderful girlfriends did. Oh, I God. Was, I love the play on words. Isn't it perfect? So, that's pretty exciting because I've always wanted to write a book, not yeah. necessarily on dating because I don't feel like I'm an expert yet, but, you know, watch this space yeah uh so how did that project happen how did what was the writing process like how did it all come about oh my gosh so i decided when i left the show um in 2011 2010 i decided that i really wanted to explore other industries and um see if i had passion anywhere else 
And uh, so I got into network marketing. <laughs> really? Which one? Oh, my gosh. Oh, I don't even Arbonne, know, Chief. I really need some Arbonne. Oh. <laughs> oh, actually, I know someone who Do sells. You? Yeah, Because I need some primer. I'm almost out. <laughs> Thank you. Anyway, I went Hook to this network up. marketing event. I will. And um, it was about um, creating a product that you were an expert in. And I was like, oh, my God, I don't know. And everyone was saying to me, well, you should do acting classes. And I'm like, nah, nah, nah. What's, I want to do something else, something else. And so I discovered, you know, I thought I was pretty expert at being a woman back then. Mm-hmm. Much better Some now. solid experience. Say, much better now. <laughs> <laughs> got my beep together now but um so um yeah so it was about um creating product that you could you were an expert in and so i just i did that and i i did my marketing um what do you so, um you had to draw on a piece of paper and walk around with this marketing sign on you oh. so yeah i draw some boobs which oh. kind of will get some attention oh, and that's um, clever yeah and I, disca- I decided... Well, I suppose you know your target market then. Yeah, well, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> and I just went around the room and I asked every man in the room, what's one thing that you'd love to know about women? That what, What's oh. one thing that eludes you about women? Mm. And so then it was, um, you know... What were the around, kind of things I was saying? Do you know how many times I got asked the same question? Maybe, you know, seven times, seven or eight times. So it was it was like you get the, you get the gist of the, the really sticky things that yes. the men just can't get. Yeah. Um, and so, you know, things like, what does she mean when she says, I want to talk? Oh, God. <laughs> what does she mean when she says, I'm fine? Oh, dear. <laughs> oh, dear. <laughs> Yeah. Run, run for the hills. <laughs> and, you know, like even back then I was a strong advocate for doing the inner work, mm. right, like doing the inner work. But I was also um, – it was all about communication, communication, communication. I was actually a stronger advocate for that. Since then I will be doing a revised edition of this book which will incorporate a lot of go within first. Well, why don't we – so given a revised edition is coming out, why don't we have you back on um, as a dating coach for men in the future and we can go through some – some information from the book. Would that Sounds. be something you that would appeal to you? Absolutely. Wonderful. I'd be happy to. It'd be yeah, fun. Yeah, lock that in. I'll lock we'll, it in. We'll table that, Carla. We'll take that off the air and we'll lock a date in. I'll let everyone know. So I want to kind of now um, move on to Carla Bonner. Well, let's hang up your um, dating coach boots and also <laughs> the Stephanie Scully biker jacket. Yeah. So you left Neighbours, obviously, after two decades for the final time in 2018. Mm-hmm. What did it feel like to leave the Neighbours set on the final day of filming? It was pretty sad. Yeah. Really. Yeah. Yeah. Very emotional. It was, um, oh, look, you know, there's a whole lot of personal experience that went down with my coming back to the show and I found that it wasn't the same show anymore. It wasn't the same vibe. It wasn't, you know, and social media had really um, come forward, you know, thrust Mm. into the spotlight. How did social media, sorry to interrupt you, how did social media change it, do you think? It changed it. Astro- like exponentially so because in what ways? well because people be- it became more about what people could get oh. um, than about the craft mm. it became more about being famous than about the craft it okay. became more about popularity yeah okay. yeah it was really disappointing and it was and less engagement you know mm. like it just I mean it, you see it everywhere it just people don't connect mm. anymore so there was a real lack of connection in the green room 
New- the green room backstage, is that where all the cast meet? It is, cool? yeah, okay. yeah. I mean, I still have my old crew there that mm-hmm. we were very connected and, and really solid. And so the original, the absolutely, OG? yeah, yeah. The OG, yeah. The is, OG. That, is that yeah. Carl and Susan? Carl and Susan, and Paul, Paul Robinson. <gasps> Paul Robinson, that rascal. My beautiful toad. Oh, Toadie. Oh, yeah. my God, is Toadie still on Would there? Would you think toad and beautiful remember- would be synonymous? <laughs> <laughs> oh, my gosh. Remember back in the day when he had the curly mullet? No, I do. Oh, my gosh. I do. And I remember when he married Dee. Remember yeah. when he married Dee? Yeah. Oh, gosh. And then she died. She died. Did she die? Yeah, she, well, no. She came back, didn't she? How are all these people coming back from the dead? <laughs> <laughs> well, because they're running out of storylines, I think. <laughs> is Dee back? I've got no idea. I don't watch the show. I'll ask mum. Don't you worry. I will ask mum. I will ask your mum. I will report back, Carla. I'm on to this. I will investigate on our behalf. Um, so back to the final day. It was sad and... It was. There was a mixture of emotions. Mm. And as I say again, you know, it might be something I'll talk about later on down the track. But um, yeah, it was... It, it Yeah, it was It was a lot of things. So um, glad to close the, to close the book. Yeah. Yeah. So what kind of... Um, because I know you're deeply grateful for the opportunity that Neighbours presented, but you're just as grateful for the self-work you've been able to undertake since leaving. So what has been the personal growth you've experienced yourself as Carla Bonner since moving on from the show? Oh, my gosh. So I've totally, like, really just um, really becoming self-aware, really becoming very honest. I found a mentor. There was a series of synchronicities. I live my life by synchronicities. And um, What do you mean by synchronicities? Well, just as a layperson, me, what do you mean um, by that? Well, you know, so things that, um, you know, like hunches, uh, oh, you know, gut intuition, feel, gut feeling, okay, listening to the inner voice and, and then it leading you somewhere yes, and okay. it being exactly appropriate for mm-hmm. what you were needing. Like right. what happened when you had to rush across town to go see a casting. Exactly. Group. Okay, that was synchronicity. Well, exactly. The, the way I had to rush, uh, the way I had to detour from going to the play date to drop off the headshots, mm-hmm. right? That sort of thing. Yes. And that was perfect timing. Yes. So my life does consist of a lot of that Mm -hmm. so um yeah so i um i found it i um i I, gosh this is a really deep topic right so um you know just well tell us what you're working on at the moment maybe that will kind of help because i know that you've done a lot of work i've done a lot of work i've done a lot of work on getting real with myself getting to know really who i am who is this the essence of me um and and what have you found so far and is there anything that surprised you about who you are? Um, look, I oh, lots of things have surprised me, um, but it's also there's a lot of remembrance. So in a lot of the work I do, it's almost like that feeling of coming home. It's mm. like, oh, that's right. I don't know how I know it, but I know it. It feels so right. I don't know how or why, but it just does. And so that's what we call remembrance. Mm. And, um, and so... Uh, oh, look, I just, it's changed my life, um, you know, ways that I used to band-aid the pain and the wounds. Like I was a very wounded, a very wounded kid, very wounded young adult. Mm. And um, and so it was more about I needed to turn inward and and uh, take care of, of this person, this heart in here. Um, come, to, come into, oh, gosh, oh, geez, it's such a broad kind of thing that, well, I know you're working a lot on the sister soul circles at the moment. So can you tell us a little bit about that? Because I know you're really passionate about that. So what what is a sister soul circle and what is the work you're doing there? So um, it's about it's about working with women and, and um, it's that thing of us all walking each other home. Like it's, you know, I guide people to turn inward for truth and direction mm-hmm. and 
you know, it's um, we need to have this. It's it's sustainable. You do the inner work and you become self governing, self sovereign. You know, sovereign, and and then you know, there's no reliance on any external stimulus or you can have it, but it's that's not what that isn't what is sustaining like what's sustaining is the work that you do within so it's about um equipping yourself with enough tools to be able to embrace life like you know the polarities Mm -hmm. and and really come to an understanding that there is there is something in everything that happens and um you know things only have the meaning that we put on it Mm. and um and so you know without the dark you don't recognise the light and all of that sort of thing. So of course, of course. It's coming into full acceptance of who I am. And that's a beautiful journey in and of itself. It's so important. Amazing. Well, Carla, it has come to the end of our hour, which has just oh gone my. so quickly because I actually had so many other questions to ask you. <laughs> it's just rushed. Um, so thank you so much. So if our listeners want to connect with you or work with you or reach out with you, where can they find you? Um, well, let's just start, keep it simple, um, my Instagram Carla Bonner 3 at Carla Bonner 3 yeah and your website is carlabonner.com.au it is yeah okay wonderful this is the Cheat Chat Podcast